Hey, everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for, yes, another episode of On the Lighter Side of Baseball. And this is our eighth exciting episode this year, season number four. How about that? Not one, not two, not three, but we are veterans of the fourth year of our exciting podcast. And I'm sure that everybody finds these puppies incredibly exciting and exciting it is today because we are going to have none other than my favorite guest and they're all favorite guests but this guy is especially special as specialization goes his name craig kashan for 2022 he'll come back for gosh i think the 17th or 18th year with the milwaukee brewers so that's pretty cool and uh We'll talk a little bit about the strike lockout. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of baseball. And uh, then we'll get uh, Craig's opinions on the Brewers, the Cubs, the East, the West, the Central, the North, the whatever, whatever division we got. Yeah, we're going to have a little conversation with Craig. So that'll be fun. And uh, we'll get going with Craig in about a half an hour. So that means good news. Craig's coming on in half an hour. Bad news, you got to listen to me for half an hour. Uh, and uh, we'll just have a good time. Uh, I guarantee we will have some fun. I think that uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of my favorite topics. Uh, the Royals, the Cubs, the Padres, the Brewers, payrolls. And what the heck did they accomplish in uh, this four-month-long drama called negotiations with the union slash Boris and the owners. So I think in the last podcast, we talked about, hey, who won that four-month-long battle? Well, certainly the fans did not win a thing. All they're going to get is uh, increased ticket prices in 2023. The owners couldn't really do much for 2022 because Tickets were out, schedules were out. They all had to come up with their uh, ticket prices. And um, they kept, the Cubs kept in line with 2020, 2021, pandemic, benefit, woohoo. The fans, of course, did not get any real rule changes, except if you're not a fan of watching pitchers bat, then you're disappointed that the designated hitter is now the universal designated hitter every league in professional baseball that's sanctioned by mlb will have a designated hitter uh meaning there won't any be any more sacrifice bunts there won't be any more pitchers getting picked off diving back into the base and hurting their arm there won't basically be any reason for pitchers to have at least one guy in the lineup that is a pushover unless you know you're facing some pitcher that can hit like Shohei Shohei what a great name Shohei Atani or Bumgarner or some of the other guys that can pitch John Lester retired so the threat of that bat's gone uh, he got better you know he was like oh for 12 seasons and then he started to hit who can who can figure that out but he will not get a chance to bat. A, he's retired, and B, uh, pitchers don't get to bat anymore. I think that's bad. Uh, the reason that it wasn't universal to begin with 15 or 20 years ago when the American League passed it was that the owners did not have a quorum in the National League. Back then, the, the leagues were really two separate entities, although they came under the umbrella of MLB and the commissioner way back when you had a national league that really meant something you had an American league that really meant something. And you had an independent branch called the umpires and uh, they had their own union and they still do, but they're, they weren't part of the, the deal. Now they're part of the deal. And there is no more AL office or NL office. It's just, how do we make more money? Make clearly, and that's no knock on baseball, football, basketball, hockey. They all are basically, how do we make more money? Eh, not knocking that. Not saying that's bad. I'm just saying, when do the fans get a break? I mean, we really don't. A bobblehead day? No. 
I have like 400 of Nelly's bobbleheads. I don't need another bobblehead. Um, you know, I thought it was cool when the Cubs won the World Series the next year. They had a bobblehead of Chris Bryant throwing over to um, Anthony Rizzo. That was cool. That's cool. I mean, they, they mean something, but I don't need another Wilson Contreras bobblehead. I don't need a Christian Yelich bobblehead. And the Brewers love bobbleheads. And that's, it's not a big deal. No, here's a big deal. Ladies and gentlemen, the Boston Red Sox, because of the strike and the inconvenience and the uproar that it caused, are going to roll back ticket and concession prices 15% for the entire year. So in other words, if you paid 100 bucks for that crummy seat out uh, within their seats at Fenway are about six inches wide. So your entire butt isn't on the seat anywhere at Fenway. I don't care if you're right above the dugout, little bitty seat. Anyway, if they would say they're going to roll back prices 15% across the board, I say, great. They're all getting 65 million plus for national broadcasting. Now here's a funny thing. 65 million that the Pittsburgh pirates get and the Baltimore Orioles get, and I believe the Oakland Athletics get, is half of what those teams will get for streaming rights and national broadcast rights. Isn't that funny? In other words, here's a check for 65 million, the payroll of the Oakland A's, will be <laughs> 39 million. So they get a little more than half of their payroll after they get paid for the broadcast. The Pittsburgh Pirates, 24 million payroll, 65 million broadcast rights. The Orioles, the, the Orioles are owned by some one of the richest trial lawyers in the history of Peter Angelo step up $25 million payroll. They get 65 million just for the broadcast rights to the national games, not to mention that big bonanza they get for local games. And uh, Cleveland rounds out the bottom three, 36 million. So they get almost twice as much for the uh, broadcast rights as they pay for their team. Now, You've heard me harp. I don't know if you guys like it when I harp on this payroll crap, but I'm harping on the payroll crap because by God, it's so, you know, the, the strike was uh, a giant propaganda game by both sides. Both sides meant nothing other than players get a little more. The owners give up a little more. They all make a lot of money on the player side. The owners just get a ton of money. And they take the risk. I'm not, again, not knocking capitalism. But what I am knocking is the disparity in Major League Baseball between what the Los Angeles Dodgers payroll is and what the Pittsburgh Pirates payroll is makes it absolutely 100% you know, a 10-team race for the World Series. 10 teams. If you think that somehow your team becomes the uh, Tampa Bay football team and wins the Super Bowl or the Kansas City Chiefs and wins the Super Bowl, that the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Baltimore Orioles, the Kansas City Royals, the on and on and on, the Rays, I don't care how good you're player development program. You ain't going to win the world series. You're just not Los Angeles Dodgers. 200 and 70 million dollar payroll. The Mets 243 million dollar payroll. The Pirates 25 million dollar payroll. Now, here's one of the absurd developments in the um, course of the lockout strike, call it what you want. It was, uh, I won't use that term. It was a bungled bunch of propaganda. 
um, the players, we want competitive balance. We want to get the younger guys paid. <laughs> and that, that backfired on Scott Boris getting the younger guys paid. Oh, by the way, they're the majority of the union. Uh-oh, we lost that vote. Now we got to, I mean, that's worse than one of the unnamed parties trying to figure out how we can win the election by not letting the other party uh, have as many people vote. Okay. So now Scott Boris and his guys have to figure out how do we remedy this majority of minority paid guys? That's right. The majority of the union are underpaid, but they got a big raise. Now here's what's absurd. What points out the absurdity? The owners got together and one of their early offers is, hey, look, let's have a $100 million basement. This is the very same thing I've been carping on since I started this fantastic award-winning show. Now I haven't won an award. I'm just blowing smoke. Anyway, so the players go, we don't want a $100 million basement because if we got that, you guys would want a salary cap and we don't want a salary cap. We want this thing called a competitive balance tax. And for the life of me, and I said it on the last episode, for the life of me, I don't get what it is that caused Scott Boris and his minions to want to focus on the competitive balance tax. Stupid. Only two teams even got near the competitive balance tax next year. Now, do you think, let's just say they, they went up to uh, 215 or 20 or $30 million, whatever it is. Do you really think that the Pirates, the Orioles, the Guardians, the Guardians used to be the home of Chief Wahoo and the Indians. Indians, 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 no longer Guardians, Guardians. What the hell is a Guardian? Guardians of what? Lake Erie? The mistake on the lake, the uh, one of the rivers that burns in in, in Cleveland. Uh, no, I don't know what they're the guardian of. I, if anybody knows, call me. That's right. We'll be taking live calls next year. And um, Oakland, the Rays, the Marlins, uh, the D-backs, the Royals—they're all under a hundred million. You would think that the union would say. You know what? I can live with a hard cap. Let's let's make it two hundred million dollars and the bottom a hundred million. They'll have a whole lot more of the revenue share if everybody has to pay between a hundred million and two hundred million. They just will, and uh, then you'd have competitive balance. They don't want competitive balance. They don't need competitive balance. The last game of the the last game of the year, while your Dodgers are trying to win the the uh, pennant, uh, they take on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Are you kidding? I mean, it just is a joke. So, as I've said it before, I'll say it again. I just don't think that uh, you know they did anything to improve the competitive balance. They did accomplish the younger guys getting some more money. Hey, that's great. I love it. They did nothing to change the rules to speed up the game. Nothing. Zero. They did nothing for the fans to get cheaper food. Nothing. They now make it more difficult to watch baseball games because now they're going to stream it on God knows what. Uh, Paramount TV, YouTube, Amazon, you name it. I mean, speaking of Amazon, Al Michaels just got $15 million a year for three years to broadcast one game a week on Thursday night for Amazon. Wow. You think there's money to be made in this uh, broadcast business? Just ask podcasters. We unite. We have a union. Our podcaster union has really brought home the bacon for me. Uh, I, this, this costs me money. I don't make money off of this because I do not want to get a sponsor who might in some way uh, weaken my intellectual honesty as I present my opinions to you guys on a basically weekly, weekly uh, basis. And good news, 
The season starts a week from today, April 7th. Woohoo! And that's going to be exciting. The Cubs take on the Milwaukee Brewers at Wrigley Field. I'll be there. Yes. How exciting. And I will bring you a podcast directly after that game. That is exciting. Then three more days of the Milwaukee uh, Brewers beating up on the Cubs. Cubs can't hit. Anybody look at the spring training? Now they got they got Suzuki. He's got the same name as Ishiro. And by God, I can only hope that he hits like Ishiro. Uh, the Cubs are weak. They're pathetic. They did nothing to improve. Although, uh, if Madrigal stays healthy, the guy can make contact. Um, I don't know. They'll be a fun team. I'm, I'm basically excited to watch the Cubs. I love the Brewers. Oh, my God. They're going to be great. Uh, the Reds gave away the farm. What the heck were they thinking about? Holy moly. I mean, I can just, they, they got rid of Suarez. They got rid of Winker. They got rid of Castellanos. They just kicked it in. The flip side, Philadelphia got Dave Dombrowski. They're going to be in the world. They're going to be in the playoffs. They pay enough money to get in the playoffs. They're going to go well in the playoffs. They got Joe Giardi, good manager. They got John Watson, one of my sometime partners on the podcast as the third base coach. They got Schwarber, Castellanos. They've got uh, Harper. They've got all these guys, man. Uh, the Phillies are going to be good. The Mets spend money, but will they be good? I don't know. Anyway, um, opening day is coming up. That's going to be exciting, and we are pumped for that. Now, what we're going to do is take a little pause, play a little music, Tyler, if you can get off the beach in Hawaii. That's right. Tyler, my producer, is enjoying this show from uh, – the North shore of Hawaii that would be on the Island of Oahu. So let's take a break. When we come back, hopefully we'll have none other than Craig Kishan with us. So thanks for listening and we will be back in a minute. And we are back on the lighter side of baseball, heard on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple iTunes. And uh, we are just still waiting for Craig to uh, finish up probably another podcast or another big broadcast session and uh, get back with us. So when, uh, when we hear from Craig, uh, we'll just pause, get him on the uh, show, and go from there. We're going to ask him a little bit about some of the surprising signings i suppose clayton kershaw re-signing with the dodgers didn't really surprise anybody although i think the rangers held out a little hope for him uh chris bryant signing with the rockies was crazy i mean crazy why didn't the cubs pay that money for for chris bryant well because uh they think the uh, opposition has found a lot of holes in his bat um story signing with the red sox how crazy is that the craziest of all is Javi Baez signing with the Detroit Tigers. I've said that before. And Craig, I'm sure, can shed a little light on Avisail Garcia going to the Marlins. I mean, there are some big moves. Uh, Schwarber and Castellanos end up on the on the fills. Um, it's kind of interesting how these guys really um, had no rhyme or reason exactly why they did or went where they were going. But um, they did, and... I don't know. I think it's interesting. So hopefully, you know, we're doing a little experiment with our sound. Hopefully this segment has the same sound quality as the segment before. I don't know. And it's hard to check because Trevor is surfing out in Hawaii. Tyler, I don't know who Trevor is, except he signed with the Red Sox. That would be Trevor's story. And um, when we stop killing time and try to get uh, Craig on here, we'll... Uh, We'll be ready to roll. Um, it's going to be exciting. And so uh, let's pause one more second while we bring you a message from all of our sponsors together. And that will be um, probably just not going to happen because we still, I tell you what, you're going to be blown away when we get some sponsors. And I think we're close. As I said, we were approached by what I thought was a Swedish company. Now I find out they're based in Paris. And so maybe we're going to broadcast from the Eiffel Tower in a, in a couple of weeks, uh, televising or talking about French baseball, which they don't have. 
French wine, horse racing. That's a little weird. If you've ever seen a French horse race, they go the wrong direction. No, they don't have their tail going first. They just go, uh, if we go clockwise, they go counterclockwise or vice versa. So let me just put you on hold to make sure that Craig's still alive. And when he gets on, we will go. So take a break, relax, dance with your wife, and we'll be back soon. All right, folks, as promised on the letter side of baseball, we pried him away from a busy schedule. I mean, he's got more things to do than, than I did when I was productive. Anyway, Craig Kishan, the voice of the Milwaukee Bucks, they're on a roll and uh, soon to be the Milwaukee Brewers back for 17 years. Is that what I read in the press clipping or is it more than that? No, 20. This will be 22. Hey, man, 22 I'm or 23. I didn't mean to. I, where, I, where have you been? Sure. I just read this two minutes ago. They had a they had a press clipping announcing Craig Kishan's coming back for his, you know, maybe they missed eight years of paying you. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'm going, I'm, I'm re-invoicing then. Okay. Hey, for you Jayhawks fans, and you can't see Craig nor me, uh, it's good you can't see me, but Craig's got the Rock Shock Jayhawks shirt going, man. You pulling for the Hawks? Just like yeah, Rick. I think uh, I think really the final four to me is um, I'll, I'll go. With, I've got I've got no Villanova gear. I've got no North Carolina gear, and I've got no Duke gear. So I'm going. I've got this Jayhawks uh, hoodie pullover, and I've got another pullover. And you know why I have these, Jamie? I have these because uh, I've got two boys, and they were they were given these as gifts from their grandparents who live in Kansas when they were younger. And uh, they have now passed me in size. So now they're handing their clothes down to me because they, they don't fit in them any longer. Isn't that just a travesty? You know, I'm shaking my head. The, the, Kashan is, you know, a healthy eater, sort of. He watches his weight. I don't think he does. He hasn't gained an ounce. And I'm thinking if my kids gave me anything handed down, I'd have to get scissors in a, in a good, <laughs> you know, I'm starting to, I'm starting to emulate the size of our good buddy, Nellie. Every time I get up from the chair, I think about Nellie. And then, you know, I, I take solace in the fact that Craig will be here to help me if I ever need him to get out of bed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'll be second-guessing that one. Come on, Kate. Anyway, good to have you on the show. It's always fun. I've got you scheduled in for every other day. I know you got a little busy schedule going, but I'm sure that this will take priority. So we'll, uh, we're going to do a show from Ward's House. If I could figure out how to do live broadcasts, I know you're on YouTube and you're on all these these things, but we're gonna, it would really be fun, and we'll do that because – the fourth year, maybe the final year. You never know. You never know. I think all you have to do to, to go live, like you could go on um, on your, I think they do on Twitter and all the social media stuff. So you just like click a button. I don't know. You mean, and then you have the audio and the video or you just have the... Yeah, they because it's just called going live. Yeah. I don't know. I've never done it, but it seems easy, Jamie. Well, I'll tell you what, by going live, it's just a... <laughs> turning on my computer and i guess i you could sit at warts and i could zoom you and then you could have your computer we could be looking at each other but i think that would work right yeah well i hey you know it's technology it, it can't be that hard right well and after a bottle or two of george thomas Eber wine who cares i mean that's right <laughs> who cares anyway? who cares if you're live so i you i'm sure you get the same thing on a on a way bigger schedule or a uh, way bigger, um, uh, whatever. <laughs> I got approached as I was telling my listening audience, the first people that wanted to pick up and and, and make money for me on, <laughs> maybe, they were from Kazakhstan. I decided that wasn't really a good, they want to make money for you, but first you have to send them your credit card and maybe a couple thousand. Anyway, that didn't work. Then I get approached by somebody from Sweden I correspond back. I'm really not going to be in, in Sweden soon. They go, well, we're now in Paris. <laughs> I go, well, what do you do for me? Oh, you know, they, they might want to edit my content. I'm not going to let them do that. So 
Well, it sounds like your uh, your um, background as being a lawyer maybe helps you out in that stance. I don't know. I don't know either how these guys get my email. I mean, even friends of mine don't have my email address. And so tell me about, I'm excited about your brew crew, man. I mean, uh, sorry, Cub fans. I'm excited. I went through the lineup because you may not have caught this in the production meeting, but we're going to make our picks today. <laughs> No, I didn't. I didn't catch that one. Uh, just for the National League Central, <laughs> we are going to do the National League today and the American League in a week or so. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm not as psyched about the American League as I am about the National League. But you're a baseball fan. I mean, you can go Angels. You can go Dodgers. You can go, well. Let's do. Let's let's first before we get into the Brewers. And the Cubs. I got two things I want to get your opinions on. Number one, the the strike slash lockout, and and who won, who lost, and uh, free agent signings that have surprised you. You can take them in either order. Well, uh, I mean, there there's a lot of free agents out there that that are still are looking for a club, which is um, a little bit surprising. And I, and I honestly, uh, just because the Brewers are already kind of done in that route, they added um, Andrew McCutcheon, which was a, a, yeah. a nice surprise, very good move. Um, and, and I'll just finish that thought on uh, the best way for me to describe how I rate that move is now we have two Lorenzo Canes on this team. You've got, you got two guys in their thirties that have had a lot of success in our high quality uh, work ethic type guys. And, and um, so that, that will definitely help the brewers out um, in more ways than one, which is kind of cool. Um, I think, I think the fact, my biggest free agent thing is, is to me, I mean, I think this has to top everyone's list. I, I'm still stunned that the Braves didn't want Freddie Freeman back. I mean, uh, go figure, but, um, and then, and then ending up in Los Angeles, uh, where the Dodgers, I mean, that, that was like, come on, man, that just is not fair. Just not fair. Right. So that, that's kind of my free agent take. That's for sure. Well, and your fairness touches on a whole lockout strike bogus propaganda put out by both sides about how, uh, the players wanted to improve the competitive balance. It's just uh, absolute. It's it's beyond a joke. But Freddie, for, I mean, what's with Max Muncy? Do they think he's hurt and he's not going to be able to play? No, I mean, I, mean, I think he's ready to go. Yeah. So I couldn't figure out Chris Bryant going to the uh, Rockies. What what that that one probably surprised me in, in a way of where where are you taking your career right now? This is this is where you're gonna end up. Cause he'll, I mean, what was that, eight years? At least six, somewhere between six to seven, maybe an option for probably as much money as the Cubs offered him. It's like you don't like pressure, you don't want to win, you like but black, you just like to party in Denver. I don't get it. I mean, there isn't one reason. And, and from the Rockies, I'd take Nolan Arenado today over Chris Bryant in a heartbeat for the next eight years. I don't yeah. care how old the guy is. Yeah, but that that surprised me because that uh, I I just don't. You know what? If if I'm a big name free agent and I'm I'm in the prime of my career, that team is not going to be competitive. And it's also, I mean, let's face it, it it might be the toughest division in all of baseball. You're, you're going to try to get past the Dodgers. And then at some point, you would think the Padres are going to be good. I mean, they're awfully talented. Um, and they and so it's them. like that that's where you think you're going and you're going to win. I, I don't see it. That that was a that's a good call on your part. That's probably the the surprise on the other half. It's like, well, what are you thinking? I've got a couple more up my sleeve because I was at the production meeting. Uh, if Chris Pond <laughs> thought Wrigley Field was chilly in April, I got news for you, buddy. <laughs> the Mile High City ain't going to be any warmer. I mean, no. And no. if you think Bryant's crazy, well, I mean, you're right. You're in the prime of your career. You're one of the more sought out guys. And you're, I, I, you are what you are. I call them stupid, greedy, ignorant jerks who go to Scott Boris. 
I think they're the, the gutter of the baseball world. Boris ought to go away. I think he screwed the Players Association. The owners outsmarted the guy. And like Michael Conforto, Boris client, turns down a qualifying offer of $18,600,000. He ain't going to get that from anybody. And now he's hurt. But anyway, the other goofy thing, in the, well, Rizzo to the Yankees for the same amount of money the Cubs offered him. I, I was so sure Rizzo would come back to the Yankees. And then what is Javi Baez going to do in the Motor City? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, in fact, um, it, it's funny you mentioned Javi because I heard his name today. I had uh, the MLB network on at noon and uh, the Tigers were playing. I'm like, that's where he ended up? I don't know. I mean, the Tigers, Tigers are a little intriguing. I think they're at least they believe they're on the cusp of, you know, doing something. I, I didn't pay attention to the length of his contract or anything. Do you know what that is? I think it was six again, sort of six years, 140 million, something like that. Came out so about, he's part of the plan there. Well, and they've drafted pretty well. They've got some young pitchers. They got one of the number one prospects, I think, coming up. Um, what'd you think about your right fielder going to the Marlins? I think that's where Garcia ended up. Yeah, that's where Avi Garcia ended up. Um, yeah, I mean, they gave him money, you know, all of a sudden the Marlins decided to, you know, go out and spend some money on some guys. And, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's, um, I mean, I, I like Avi and everything, but I, I also was pretty certain that he was not going to be coming back to Milwaukee. So I think, <clears throat> I think for him, it, it's good. Um, you know, I, I think uh, any guy with, a, you know, a Latin background, if you can play in Miami and, and uh, you know, settle down there and whatnot, I, I think that's great. He got, a, he got a nice paycheck. He's deserving. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Um, but the guy that the Brewers got uh, to end up replacing him is Hunter Renfro. Mm -hmm. And somehow they pulled off a trade. They traded a couple of, of very good prospects to Boston and Jackie Bradley Jr. and his contract back to Boston to get Hunter Renfro, who's who's still got a couple of years of control left, which is key. And he's entering the prime of his career and his numbers are are really pretty good. So I, I kind of look at him as being potentially like a Kristen Yelich trade. Uh, put him in the right ballpark with a good team, give him a role, uh, tell him he's important, and, you know, he, he might put up some, some big numbers. I mean, I, I think that'd be kind of the, what they're looking at right now from Milwaukee's side with him. So um, I think, in all honesty, I think the Brewers won on the let Avi Garcia go and acquire Hunter Renfro. Well, yeah, he reminds me of, um, God, who's the guy uh, from the Astros, the right fielder for the Astros? Not not Springer, their center fielder, but the um, they had a guy in right field that wasn't one of their famous guys, but he was, always, he was a solid guy. And I think Hunter Renfro, Renfro has that, that ability. I don't know if I'd rate him with Kristen Yelich, but I do think that, um, you know, for a long time, I'm sitting there thinking that was Hunter Pence. And I'm going, why the heck did they get that guy? The guy, you know, pulls so, up. So here's here's why, and I and I agree with you. So here's why I say uh, a, a potential Christian Yelich. When when uh, all three of those guys uh, were in Miami together, Christian uh, Yelich was like the third guy on that totem pole. And when the Brewers got him, it's like, oh, I mean, he's going to, you know, he's, that's a good player. Um, I don't know if, you know, Yelich is more towards a five tool type of guy. At least he was, you know, a few years ago, but I, I think as far as uh, there's something to be said about when you go after somebody and you're targeting somebody to play 81 games in your stadium and how you predict how they're going to be offensively and how they're going to handle, he can handle each corner, that type of thing. That's the only reason I, I put him in the, I don't know. It, it's just one way to describe somebody. Um, I don't know if it's a hundred percent for sure. Or not nobody knew Kristen Yelich was going to hit 50 home runs and be, you know, the MVP his first year. And then the second year, probably, 
should have won it the second time too, but busts his knee up. So um, we'll, we'll see though. It, uh, I'm excited about it. Their depth in the outfield is really good. And, um, you know, we, we all know about the Brewers pitching staff. It is off the charts right now. It is just off the charts. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, Wade Miley and Drew Smiley can team up with Burns and Woodruff tomorrow. I mean, I think, I think games 18 to one might be in the making for the brew crew when they play the Cubs. But I mean, you probably didn't even know the Cubs rotation. They got, they, they went out and got Stroman for some idiotic reason. And you recall they got rid of Darvish for because he was making too much. They got Hendricks, who most people have figured out, don't friggin' swing until he throws you a, you know, thigh-high, 88-mile-an-hour fastball. Lay off the slider, lay off the changeup, lay off everything. And, uh, you know, he doesn't throw as hard as you do. And then Drew Smiley, who they paid $5 million for to rehab and never played a game, for the Cubs now is back four years later and he doesn't throw the ball much harder than Hendricks from what, what I saw of him in spring training. So, uh, are you, are you expecting Yelich to be more like the 2018, 19 guy than the last two years? Uh, he has to be, I mean, he just does. I mean, there's, there's no reason that he should be doing continue the path that he's been on the last two years. I mean, there's, there's no explaining it. Um, you know, that the drop off is, is crazy. From top, just be at the top of the mountain to the, you know, the first steps uh, is crazy. Really and terrible at the plate last year. So, you know, I, I think what, I think, you know, when, when he's been, when a player is at the level, the elite level that he's been at, it's up to them. It's up to them to figure it out. Um, it's up to them to, you know, narrow down who they're listening to and what kind of advice they're taking and all that kind of stuff and, and be the champion that they, that they once were. And, you know, I'm obviously, you know, hoping like any other baseball fan, let alone Brewer fan. I mean, he, he should be playing at a high level. So I, I, I indeed, if he does, I'm telling you that this team's going to go far. That's uh, true. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, let me ask you this. Are you surprised Kane came Lorenzo came back for another year? Um, no, I'm not surprised. I think uh I think this is gonna be it for him for sure. Um but he he's kind of been in an interesting place the last couple of years since the pandemic, you know, mentally and physically. And I think um I think with this year being as normal as it has been since 2019 um, and he still had the one year left on his contract that it was like, let's do this. And Jamie, this pretty damn good team. He's got a chance to win another ring. Right. So he gets, you want to be a part of that. He gets paid a lot of money. Yeah. I, I would think he's going to have a tough time getting playing time. I mean, I think ultimately McCutcheon's in center field. I don't know. I can see Renfro, McCutcheon, Yelich being the main guys with Kane kind of filling in. But then again, man, he's a streaky dude. And yeah, he, he can't report in any worse shape than he did last year. So I think the fact that he's back, he must want to play, which is cool. And um, God, I mean, it's just uh, it's it's fun to see your outfield again. Last year, I thought you had the best outfield. You had four guys that I thought were, you know, incredible. And now you got another four guys that, uh, uh, a couple are different, but still, um, they're good. And, and, uh, your pitching is so phenomenal. Um, oh my God, I, even the, the news, the, the starters, you put Hauser in there, he's good. And, um, I like your team. I mean, I like, um, you know, the infield's okay. The catching is probably okay. Um, outfields, you know, a plus and the pitching staff is whatever's better than. than yeah. And, well, and well, you know, they're, their rotation, they're going with a six-man rotation again. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's a bullpen game now. I mean, yeah. you know, the starters might make it through five. If they change that rule on the official scoring so that you could win a game no matter who, how many innings you start the starting pitcher, I think they'd even pitch less than five innings. Um, but your bullpen's good. Your starters are good, man. I mean, then you compare it to the, to the guys I just mentioned for the – Wade Miley, are you kidding me? 
and Drew Smiley. I mean, if I were the Brewers, I'd be going, man, we got 18 games with these guys and 18 games with the Pirates and 18 games with the Reds who just get the Reds almost duplicated the Cubs giving away people. They, they, well, the, they the Reds in the, uh, the Reds in the A's after the lockout were in a, a two team race to get rid of everybody. <laughs> Here's two teams that had no, no um, ear to what the players, uh, the players union was hoping to accomplish. Well, um, the the other thing that I wanted to visit with you about besides the free agent was uh, to the extent, and I know you probably, you've got opinions on it, the, uh, the four-month lockout strike, whatever you want to call it, between the fans, the players, and the owners, who, who do you think came out ahead and who do you think came out behind? And did anybody really get anywhere? Uh, well, the players got a little more money than they, and the ability to make money earlier in their careers um, than they had before. So they made some progress. And I, I think the bottom line with this whole thing is whatever the demands, uh, limitations, um, ridiculous scenarios that were that were posted uh, along the way, you knew none of that was going to be fully accomplished for either side anyway. It's all about progress at this point. And um, to me, as long as they didn't, you know, miss the 162 game season, I think that's the bottom line. And you know, was the owner's lockout from day one back in November. And in the, in the history of the game, and I know this is, hasn't happened a lot, but whatever X number of times uh, a lockout has happened, they've never missed a portion of the full schedule. When the players have uh, struck, they have missed games off the schedule or in 94, the World Series, all that. So... The owners will always come out shining. Um, there's always there's always some money to give up, uh, but there's going to be more money to be made. They they did get the playoffs expanded a little bit more, maybe not to where they wanted to, but um, you know, it's progress. And then you know, hopefully in the next few years they can they can get ahead of the game like they had for the last twenty years and and not go through this again. And they they were on the cusp of losing a significant amount of fans. That's yeah. for sure. Well, if you look at spring training, man, besides the Cubs, nobody's going to these games. So I don't know if yeah. that's, uh, if that uh, is a, a prelude to 22, uh, the season, uh, if there are going to be empty stands, I think, you know, I, I typically, I think side with the owners. Cause I think, well, they're taking the risk. You know, if it's such a good deal, Scherzer, Arenado, and somebody else ought to go buy a team. So, you know, if it's such a good deal, go buy a team. You guys have billions of dollars. If you think the owners are just raking it in, go buy a team, which they won't ever do because they get too much money for playing a game for six months. I thought, uh, and so I'm usually with the owners, but this time I started out with the players, and by the end I thought they were all just full of, of baloney until I started to, kind of analyze it. And at the end, I think the owners played Scott Boris uh, and the union like a fiddle. Um, I don't think Boris fig they remember they go in their mantra was let's get the younger guys money. So the owners, even though they threw up some smoke screens and camouflage, the owners ultimately sweetened the deal so much for the players, the, the, um, first year contract in the arbitration pool that Boris and those guys really goofed when they had the union vote on, on the proposal. That was uh, because they didn't remember, they didn't either, they didn't realize or they didn't care. The majority of the union were the guys who were going to benefit from those new deals, not the old guys. So the executive committee votes eight to nothing to reject the deal and the players you, you know, every team votes for it because the younger guys are going, are you kidding me? I just got a $100,000 raise. You know how many diapers that's going to get me? 
So I thought, and the owners would keep going with stuff that they knew they'd never take, but yet both sides knew they, they were going to, they were not going to miss Jackie Robinson day. They just weren't. And so they, I, I don't know. I, I think the fans lost totally. We didn't get a, we didn't. Now you say, well, what can the fans get? Well, they could say to the fans, we're going to roll back ticket prices and concessions 15% for a year because of the crap that we've been going through, which they didn't do. They didn't speed up the game. They didn't institute a rule change. The only thing they did was now we don't have to watch guys like John Lester try to bunt. Um, other than that, it's the same as spring training. If I thought the World Series was boring, holy God, spring training games are like a pitch a minute, a ball in play every four minutes. It's like, I don't have time for this anymore. It's horrible. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, they're a little long. I, I noticed that too this year, the spring training games. You know, um, but yeah, no, I think, I think it's, uh, I think the one, one of the points that you brought up about, um, uh, the actual uh, union, their board, uh, voting to reject the deal that the that the actual players union themselves decided to vote unanimously unanimously to accept was very telling. Um, because what did the executive board of the players union continue to say? every time they had a chance to say, this is why we're fighting. We're fighting for tomorrow's player. We're fighting for the young guys. And then it came down to the vote and they're like, no, this isn't good enough. Uh, and it was, it was crunch time, you yeah. know? And so they, they did make some progress. So I, I think that that is good for the young guys. This, this is what this is all about. People don't understand that this is whenever you have uh, uh, any of the leagues, go through these labor negotiations it isn't for today it's for tomorrow right. it, and so so that's that's the bottom line and i'm not saying that you know these guys are saints because of it you know but they do have a union and and this is what it's all about what what our future holds well and if you if you gave me three wishes one i'd wish to be um you know have an eight-year deal to play shortstop for the detroit tigers two i'd want to be uh an owner because I'm getting gambling revenues. I'm getting streaming revenues. I'm getting a patch on the, I'm getting more revenue streams than these yahoos think about, but they're getting enough money so that they're not going to go on strike. And then I, I'd like to be Bob Uecker 40 years ago. <laughs> I like the last one, the best. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad it's over. I, uh, you know, I just wish they'd speed up the game. That, to me, you have the pitcher's pitch and the batter's bat and get on down the road. But um, all right, a little more time. Let's look at the central division of the National League, I guess. Do you think, I guess, how many games do you predict a crew will win the central division? Well, let's you just do. say everything goes really, really well. Um, they're, they won 95 regular season games last year and let me interrupt they 10 of those, wins, 10 of those wins came as a result of the Cubs selling everybody. Well, I mean, here, and here's the thing. I mean, it, it's just like you and I have been talking about how, you know, the Reds have already sold out. The pirates aren't in it. And the Cardinals are a little bit of a question mark here. Um, two because of their age and then the cubs are kind of a uh to me they'll always be a wild card just from the standpoint of um if if they if they are successful the first half of the year what do they do with the money that you know that they have to add on to the ball club especially if they think the race is tight yeah but um to me if everything plays out uh, I, I see Milwaukee definitely winning the division again and getting well into the nineties for a win total. And if they, you know, if the division becomes very much theirs from the get-go or just a two team race for, you know, part of the season, I mean, they're, they're mopping up on a lot of, uh, divisional wins. And so that's gonna, that's gonna ramp up their win total for sure. Um, but they do. We do uh, interact with the AL East this year on interleague play. So you do have 
your battles with the Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays uh, that aren't aren't going to be easy. So and and of course Tampa. So there's that to consider a little bit. So here's my here's my American nationally central the Brewers who in the league as you rank if as I rank the uh, the division payroll the Brewers have the third highest payroll in the central division of the National League the Cardinals I have second they have the highest payroll in the division I have the Reds finishing third they have the fourth highest Cubs finishing fifth they are number two in payroll in the division and then the Pirates who just kind of as an interesting aside Craig do they have a payroll the Dodgers now how fair is this let's say that uh, and it wouldn't happen in the schedule the way they do it now but let's say that the Dodgers were playing they had to win two out of three of the last games to get in the playoffs and they were facing the Pittsburgh Pirates now you know they won't play outside of their division at the end of the year I don't think but anyway the Dodgers payroll is somewhere around 230 million the Pirates payroll is 24 million it's almost 200 million different the Dodgers and the Pirates each get 65 million and change from non-local broadcast revenue for 2022 so the for the Pirates you can double their payroll and they still haven't hit the check they're going to get for the streaming money and national TV. And that that's to me makes baseball the laughing stock of the world because your Brewers and my Cubs play those lowly pirates 18 times. The Cubs will go if they're lucky, uh, 10 and eight, the Brewers will probably go 16 and two. I mean, they should. And yeah. so the, you know, uh, one thing I didn't notice was that the owners offered a floor of a hundred million per team during the negotiations in exchange for a hard cap. Boris and his boys go, no, we don't want a hard cap. We want to jack around with this competitive balance deal, which I still never will get because nobody, the, the pirates aren't going to even be able to spell competitive balance tax. <laughs> they, they could sign Babe Ruth and still not hit the competitive balance number. Well, I mean, let's face it. I mean, I mean, let's face it. As far as as far as the 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 low numbers and the high numbers and the and the salary cap proposal and all all this kind of stuff. I mean, until until the league says this is how we're going to make money and this is how we're going to split it, like the NFL does like yeah. the NBA does and like the NHL does. And the last, the last league that had to go through it as hard as what we're seeing now in baseball was the NHL, but they figured it out. Yeah. And so now uh, it is, it is too jagged, obviously of an issue uh, not, not just a team to team thing, but it's a, it's a league wide thing, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and until they, the only way any of this is going to matter is is when they say you need to spend this much money and you can't go over this number unless you're paying more. Now, the Milwaukee Bucks during their championship run and again this year are over the cap. So they are paying a penalty for being there. And they are one of the smallest television markets in the country, but they have billion dollar owners. And most, most of these teams have billion dollar owners right now. And I'm not saying you're a billion dollar owner. So go out there and, and go over the tax every year, but you figure out creative ways to get it done, to do that, make decisions. You're going to do it for a couple of years because you have a great team and winning a championship. You'll regain that somewhere else in the organization, somewhere else where you have control of your own money. So but they in baseball, they haven't figured that out. And I'm not, I don't know if they will in our lifetime. I mean, cause they're a long, long ways away from that. Yeah. And I'm old. Uh, I'm getting old. <laughs> well, yes, because you work four jobs and they never get a day off. 
Anyway, I know you did travel a little bit. You bring up really the three leagues that don't include baseball. Um, the common thread between the NHL, the NFL, and the NBA at different times was their product sucked and nobody went. You know, the NBA seats were empty. And somehow um, the, the new commissioner figured out, wait a minute, and they became partners with the players. And they, they had a very identifiable um, pathway to the revenue on, on each end. Everybody knew what they were going to get, split it up how you want. Same with the uh, NHL. They almost went out of business because yeah. they were overpaying guys. And the, the uh, Bettman or whatever his name is just said, no, that's not how we're going to do it. If you guys don't like it, tough. And, and he saved the league. People may not like him, saved the league. And, uh, and the NFL to, you know, Pete Rozelle kind of, it kind of dipped after he got out for a while. And the NFL figured, hey, look, Jerry, calm down. It's, it, it, you ain't going to be much of a league if you're the only team. And they figured out they need everybody. And so the Tampa Bucks can pay a ton of money because they're getting a ton of money compared to the Tampa Bay Rays who, who don't. So will baseball yeah. ever sink that low to where the Mets guy's going to feel one bit of sympathy for the Royals guy? I, no, I don't think so. In fact, in, if you ask them, they probably have animosity because they have to give them money to subsidize what little they do. And I don't know what Peter Angelos gets for the Orioles, but gee, many Christmas. Eh. Anyway, those are the bad things. The good things are we're going to have an opening day. We're going to have a Jackie Robinson day. We're going to have a lot of playoff games. So that's awesome. I mean, it's I'm looking forward to a hot dog beer and, and a game that means something in april at wrigley field and it's against <laughs> you guys now are you are any of you guys traveling broadcast yeah, our our regular broadcast team is traveling so um i'm doing the, the pre and post game shows but i'll be in the studio uh with tim dillard for that so our our days of traveling the entire crew are probably over uh but that's you know that's just reality of life we're still doing everything and um that's the good part. So to still be a part of all of this, um, you know, I personally am still grateful for it. So, you know, bring on the games, man. Let's go. You're, but you're great. I mean, you, your shows are great. Your play-by-play -play is great. You know, in that press release, it intimated you were going to do a little play-by-play. You said you weren't, but I'm hoping that, that you do. I did see that, uh, Brian Anderson's duties are, are limited because of his extensive commitments to other things. And, you know, God, I won't say what, but he broadcast the first round of the KU games. I didn't even have to hear who it was. But tell me what other changes are taking place on the Milwaukee Brad broadcast crew, because uh, there are a couple as we wrap up the show. Well, that officially, that's that's what we're what we're at right now. Uh, so, you know, we got well, to clip back. I read a press clipping uh, or press deal that Levering is that his one of the guys is leaving. Is that true or not? No, he's actually uh, Jeff is picking up all the uh, games basically that uh, BA is not doing. Like BA is doing about fifty games, and so Jeff will pick up the other, you know, one hundred and ten. So there's some play-by-play -play guy that's either leaving radio or TV. Well, Jeff is sliding over. Uh, he's going to do a little bit of radio, but he's sliding over from uh, being um, uh, in the shotgun chair with Uke to doing TV. So, yeah, that's right. that's basically the the most significant uh, change. So, but my guys that I do the shows with are back, and uh, Vinny and I did um, did a pre uh, season preview show the other day that that'll be airing off and on for a week until the opener and stuff. And it was uh, good to get back in the baseball talk. That's for sure. Well, I think both the guys that you work with are awesome. I think um, they both bring different things to the table. You interact with both of them. Great. And, but I, I, Vinny's just kind of funny. He's a good guy, and, but Diller's a smart guy and he's very knowledgeable and it's fun to listen. Uh, uh, you know, the Cubs are bringing back Shrimp Scampi, your buddy, for I think they signed him for an eight year deal along with JD. And um, 
they have a fill-in woman doing play-by-play, and um, she was okay at spring training. I love the Yankees uh, color commentating woman. I can't remember her name, but she's really good. Very articulate and easy to understand. I think sometimes they, it's just, I I enjoy listening to broadcasting and um, looking forward to you for coming back for another year too. So yeah, the first series, four games with the crew, Cubs win three, you guys win one. Kind of a setback. Probably, probably. (laughs) No setback. All right, where do you go now? Just keep the sun out for those games, will you? Oh, 52 and rain on Thursday. Come on now. That's too early of a prediction. Yeah, so I'm looking at, before I let you go, man, as long as we're talking um, the Cubbies opening day against the Brew Crew, I mean, they have the Cubs haven't, uh, maybe they announced it today, but I don't know who is going up against, because Burns got the stir for yeah. Um Thursday. Who's your number one? Who's your ace? Uh, that would be, if I'm not available, it's Stroman. Oh, that's right. And what, what kind of deal did he get now? Like a 10-year, $300 million deal? Not a big deal for a guy that he is under 500 as a pitcher. It's just like, I don't know who runs these guys, but here's their infield. Schwindel, uh, Madrigal. Um, they signed Simmons, but he got hurt. So Nico, Nico Horner at third base wisdom who strikes out more than anybody in baseball. And then they got Ian Happ, which I won't even get into. Uh, then they got Suzuki, this kid from 27 year old kid, Ben. Saw that in Japan. Yeah. It's a good sign. Five golden gloves. And then Hayward slides over to center while Suzuki Man, nobody's going to run on the guy. I don't think it's going to take much of a scouting report. Guy's got a f- phenomenal arm. Um, hit a home run in spring training finally. And then they've got uh, uh, me to DH. And other than that, isn't it going to be weird? Who's your DH? Uh, well, <clears throat> that was one of the reasons they signed McCutcheon. Uh, but it's, it's you know, this club is so interchangeable. It's It's whoever needs a day off from the outfield, basically. Um, so may, maybe, uh, you know, if Keston Hira can, can start hitting again, um, he could, he could slide into that role too, but, um, it's going to be interchangeable. It's not, you know, the funny thing is about the, uh, the national league DH, um, it, it's not, I mean, this is the first year of it ever. I mean, you think about it, it's over a hundred years of pitchers batting in the national league and, and I might be on my own island on this, Jamie, but I, I am going to miss that aspect of it because it does bring up strategy uh, to baseball. And, and there's that part of the strategy, I think, was fun at times during games. Um, it made it entertaining. Um, but obviously, that's, uh, you know, they've got the DH now. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how all these National League clubs do it because, there, the one guy can't do it. I mean, the National League, there's 15 teams out of 30 that have for years had um, interchangeable players, uh, players that can play different positions uh, because they're going to be called upon at some point with all the pitching changes to serve at the very least as a pinch hitter. And that's a little different now. 35 for a low, 50 for a high in the afternoon at Wrigley with the winds from the west southwest blowing out to uh both waveland and addison it's going to be a home run day for the uh for the brew crew and a sad day for the cubs but they'll come back on the second day when hendrix will face woodruff so that'll really be a fair battle too (laughs) finally were you a little surprised that the brewers didn't go after schwarber or castellanos i mean um no, I don't think I don't think financially they were in a position to do that because they so he, here are some interesting numbers. You talk about the young guys uh, making more money now. I think they had uh, 10 players, nine or 10 players el- eligible uh, for arbitration raises. 
the same guys that were with the team last year. Last year, collectively, their arbitration totals uh, were, I think, 19 million. And this year, collectively, they were around 45 million. Yeah. So they had to pay these guys. You know, Josh Hader's making $11 million this year as the closer, and they still have him for one more year after this under arbitration. Yeah. So, Antonazio was on the owners' committee negotiating, so it's a good, good that yeah. he's practicing what he preached. Um, yeah, I think arbitration has helped those guys, and they're getting big money at arbitration. It's not like you know, only the $500,000 club went into arbitration. So, you know, that, uh, give them the money. They, and, and there's a guy that disposes it, as do most, uh, most of the pitching staff that you've got. Plus, you got a good rookie coming up. And uh, I, I think it's exciting baseball up in Milwaukee, and the roof makes it even better because it's going to be typically crappy, cold day watching the Cubs destroy the Brewers unpredictably. I mean, come on now. I and, heard that. And you can gamble right there. You know, what a break. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Ricketts new um, gambling facility in right field, a two story gambling facility. And he's paying three or 4 billion to buy the Chelsea soccer team. So no wonder he couldn't afford to pay a major league salary. He had That'll set you back. No. Because he had his eyes on a goalie over there in Chelsea. <laughs> there you go. All right, buddy. You're the best. I'm coming up in a couple of weeks. We're going to, I'm going to watch you work, going to watch the game, and then we're going to go out to war. So it's going to have to be a day game, I guess, if we have dinner. That sounds good to me. All right, buddy. Maybe Vinny can come along. <laughs> there you go. Hello. <laughs> All right, buddy. Be good. Enjoy your job. You're working, no pandemic, it's over, no masks. That's right, that's right. It was a pandemic, it's history. Always a pleasure, my friend. All right, buddy, be good. I'm going to stop this, ladies and gentlemen. Bye.